Welcome to Speak Up, the Speech Pathology Australia podcast. This podcast series highlights conversations with esteemed contributors in the speech pathology space. We explore key issues in the profession in a short and easy to listen to format. Let's hear what this week's contributors have to say. Hi everyone, I'm Simone Howells and I've had the pleasure of being involved in the current review of Speech Pathology Australia's competency standards. Today, I'm here with Gretchen Young from Young Futures. Gretchen's been working with her colleagues Katie O'Callaghan and Angela Murray on the important job of leading this review process for the last 18 months, and it's actually not over yet. She's here to help us understand what the review's involved, where it's headed next, and how you can be involved in shaping the future of the profession in the final stages of this review. So welcome, Gretchen. Thank you, Simone. And so my very first question is, can you tell me why was a review of CBOS needed? Well, there's probably a number of things that are worth mentioning here that have been a catalyst for reviewing the standards. So firstly, a couple of years ago, the speech pathology profession in Australia set its long-term aspirations through the Speech Pathology 2030 project, which I think a lot of people have probably been part of. And Speech Pathology Australia really recognises that for the profession to achieve the aspirations that are set out in Speech Pathology 2030, the profession standards actually need to reflect that vision really clearly. And then I suppose at a more um, specific level, we know that since the current CBOS was developed in 2011, which is a while ago now, practice has really changed in Australia and also around the world. And we need to be sure that the standards guiding the profession reflect these changes, including making sure they, they're really demonstrating what's recognised as best practice. And then finally, apart from having standards that are relevant to today's practice, the standards also need to support the workforce to keep adapting to change as it happens. And we've had a really clear focus on how the standards can support development of a future-ready workforce. And although we can't know exactly what the future holds, standards are needed that are going to equip speech pathologists with skills that are transferable and that enable them to be flexible enough to actually respond to change and also to be innovative in taking advantage of new opportunities that come up. Mm, So lots of reasons, that's great. How has this review process been guided? I think one of the important things for the work has been that there's been a really strong governance process and that's included, we've had oversight from the Speech Pathology Australia Board and they've been guided by the Professional Standards Advisory Committee and also the Speech Pathology Australia Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Advisory Committee. And then the actual operational management of the the project and the review, it's been provided by the Professional Standards Unit within Speech Pathology Australia And then they've also been supported by a competency standards advisory committee and that's been set up specifically for this piece of work and it includes over 20 speech pathology representatives from across Australia. So it's been a a comprehensive um, oversight of the work that's been done. Mm, Terrific. And so we mentioned that this has been 18 months in the works and it's not over yet. Can you tell us a little bit about what these last 18 months have involved? Sure. So it's the process has been very involved. There's been a lot of steps and lots of different processes that have happened. Um, we began with desk research and benchmarking against other professional standards, both within speech pathology and other professions. And then with this information in hand, we started consulting with the speech pathology profession and we had a, an online survey, we've had focus groups, and we also did some consultation at the Speech Pathology Australia conference this year. Um, if people are interested, 
the phase one report is available on the Speech Pathology Australia website and there's a lot more detail that you can find in that report. But beyond that initial stage, the outcomes um, of those processes then inform the, the very first draft of the revised standards. And we're now actually up to working draft six. And between draft one and draft six, there's, six, there's actually a lot that's happened to keep refining things. So since that time, we've had a, an online consultation with the original focus group participants. And then that was followed by feedback from the Professional Standards Advisory Committee and the Competency Standards Advisory Committee. After that, we had a face-to-face -face workshop um, that was just in August, in a few weeks ago. And most recently, we've refined the, the standards based on feedback from the board. And so now in this last stage of the review, we're embarking on a comprehensive stakeholder consultation to inform the final draft. And up to this point, we've had over a thousand speech pathologists have contributed to the engagement and we, we've been thrilled by, by that level of commitment from everyone and we really hope it continues into these, these last few weeks. Mm, terrific. So tell me, will the standards still be called CBOS? It's a, a good question. It's something that we um, have certainly given a lot of thought to, but it, as things are looking at the moment, there's, a, there's likely to be a change to the title, and the current working draft title is Professional Standards for Speech Pathologists in Australia, and the, the feedback so far has been very positive about that name change, and we're looking forward to hearing what other people have got to say. Mm. And so let's talk about these professional standards for speech pathologists in Australia. What are the main changes that people will notice in these standards compared to CBOS? Well, firstly, it's probably really important to say that the changes that are being made aren't just minor tweaks. There's significant differences to the structure and the content of the standards and also how they're going to be used. We've worked really hard to be true to the consultation findings and so all of the changes that people um, will see are made in response to the feedback that we've actually heard. So I'll, I'll try and go through um, a few of the things that are, are really important in the changes. That'd be great. So one thing you'll notice is that the standards are broader, there's, a, there's less detail than C, in CBOS um, and this is very deliberate so that all the different ways speech pathologists currently work are represented. And also by being broad, it also supports our aim of speech pathologists responding to changing practice, as well as taking advantage of opportunities for innovation as they arise. And then another really significant change is that the new standards are going to be applied to everyone across their career. And what this means is that before graduating, speech pathologists are going to need to meet each of the standards and then across their entire career, speech pathologists will need to meet the standards that are relevant to the role that they're employed in. They won't need to meet every standard, just those that are, that are important for their work. And although there have been some concerns about whether speech pathologists will need to actually be tested against the standards at regular intervals, this certainly isn't the intention. The focus is about speech pathologists exercising their professional responsibility and using the standards to judge their capability to meet the requirements of their job. So both for speech pathology students mm -hmm. and also the profession of people working as Absolutely. a speech pathologist. Yes. Okay, yeah. that That's is a right. change. It That's is a, great. It's a big change, yeah. yeah. Um, the next thing that it's worth um, commenting on is the structure of the standards, um, which is now going to include three overarching domains. And the, the first domain is going to be called professional conduct and then the second one is reflection and lifelong learning and then the third one is focused on speech pathology practice. Um, you'll notice that 
performance criteria and cues that are currently part of CBOS are no longer included in the document. And although they, though they're not going to be included in the final version, the implementation planning will consider what resources and processes are needed to support the use of the standards. Um, so, so even though you might notice that, that difference in it, don't be too concerned about you know, what does it mean in terms of supporting assessment of, against the standards. So beyond that overarching structure, there's also some changes to the content around which the standards are organised. And the consultation process really stressed the need to have a predominant focus on the dual roles that speech pathologists need to contribute to in firstly facilitating the goals of individuals in relation to their communication, their swallowing and their mealtime participation but then also developing the capabilities of the community so that support for successful outcomes is actually coming from both directions, from the individual themselves and also from the world around them. And then the second area of focus and I suppose difference in how things are structured in terms of the content is a focus on services, not just for individuals, but also at a population level. And so something I have noticed, Gretchen, is that the range of practice areas are included in a different way. So that is things like speech, language, swallowing voice, fluency, multimodal communication. So what can you tell us about that change? Sure, yeah. It is a, it is a change compared to CBOS. One of the things that um, arose through the focus groups is that we found that the overwhelming majority of participants really stressed the need to focus on developing transferable skills rather than discrete skills in specific practice areas. Speech pathologists spoke about ongoing changes and developments in the range of practice of the profession and the need to not just be competent but also confident to apply their skills across different and changing areas. And the feedback didn't um, minimise the importance of developing knowledge and skills across specific practice areas. The outcome just was that that content shouldn't um, any longer be the, the key organising framework. Mm. So although the range of practice areas are no longer central to the organisation, they're actually found in Domain 3 um, and, and are present but just in a different way. I see. Yeah, that's really helpful. And so one aspect I'm really excited about is the increased inclusion of diversity in the standards. What will people notice on that front? Sure. So the new standards also include much stronger recognition of the unique history, culture and context of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and communities. Um, and this content has been developed with guidance from the Speech Pathology Australia Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Advisory Committee and also Indigenous Allied Health Australia. And we've had lots of positive feedback through the consultation process about how important this is to the profession and people are really you know, wanting to see this change. And then on another front, the standards also have a greater emphasis on recognising and respecting diversity generally. And this includes the many things that make each person and community unique, whether they be through their language background, their culture, their personal history, or their you know, broader life circumstances. Mm. Yeah, that's really exciting to me. And so Gretchen, my next question is, it's now time for the people listening, that's you guys, to make your voice heard as part of the review. So Gretchen, what can you tell us about this and how can people in our profession contribute? Sure. So the new standards, they're going to set the stage not just for how we develop our future workforce, but also how we now develop and hold the entire speech pathology workforce accountable for their practice. 
And really importantly, the standards will influence these things for, for many years to come. And so because of this, we really need to make sure we get things right. Achieving this means we need to hear from a really wide range of people with an interest in the future of the speech pathology, of speech pathology practice. And this includes speech pathologists themselves, as well as speech pathology students. But it also includes people who currently use speech pathology services or have used the services of the profession in the past. And it also includes colleagues from other disciplines, professional organisations and universities. We're keen to hear from, from everyone. Um, and there's a number of ways that people can contribute. There's an online survey that's available on the Speech Pathology Australia website. There's a webinar that's being held on Wednesday the 9th of October at two o'clock, and that's Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time now that the, the clocks have, have tipped over again. And there's no need to register for this session. You can just follow the link on the association website and turn up. Um, and then we're also holding a number of online focus groups and you can um, nominate to attend one of those. Um, those sessions will be held in the week of the 21st of October. And also, if you know other people who might be interested in contributing, the other thing that you can do to assist us is to really encourage them to, to share their thoughts as well. Terrific. So lots of different ways. Definitely. Anyone listening to this podcast, we challenge you, get involved, have your voice heard. That'd be great. Thank you. So it really does sound like there are some big changes on the horizon for competency standards in Australia, and these will impact all speech pathologists, as Gretchen was saying. So when do these changes come into effect? What happens next? Sure. Well, you're right. The changes are significant for the whole profession, for students, for practising professionals and also for universities. And Speech Pathology Australia is really committed to consulting with the profession and other stakeholders to help develop an implementation plan and then to prepare new processes and new resources that are going to operate hand in hand with the standards and then to obviously educate people about how the new standards will work. So all of this work is going to be happening in 2020 and although the revised standards will be finished by the end of this year, they won't come into effect immediately. Specific timelines haven't yet been decided and the existing CBOS and its processes will be in place for a while yet. Great. So no need for panic or change overnight. No, you, no. Won't, you won't have to turn up on the 1st of January and, and have everything in a, in a different <laughs> place and process. Perfect. Gretchen, thank you so much for sharing that info with us. I know the last 18 months have been a really major exercise for you and your team. Um, and it's wonderful that so many speech pathologists have been involved to this point but it's not over yet. And so speeches, it's time to continue that involvement or get involved if you haven't already. And all of the information can be found on the Speech Pathology Australia website. Thanks so much. Thanks, Simone. We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening and bye for now.